Welcome to the Spirit Pathways podcast. I am Kate Sprickley. Our podcasts offer raw, honest and authentic conversations on a number of topics that we hope you find informative and inspiring. Okay, welcome everyone to the Spirit Pathways podcast. I have Fiorenza Scoli with me and we're going to have a conversation around all sorts of different things, particularly um, the things that Spirit Pathways offers as a um, support to those who are in need of guidance, inspiration, insight, clarity, um, all sorts of different things that, that we offer on our platform. So hi Fiorenza, good to see hi, you Kate. always. Lovely to see you. And last podcast we talked about the energy work, we talked about, about all the, the magical things that you do with the energy and how how fundamental that is as a base for everything and in fact you made a very good point that if you don't do if you don't get rid of the energy if you don't clear energies all the rest is it's a little bit like like putting moisturizer on an on a face that hasn't been scrubbed it doesn't it only goes so far so that that's the base but then the other things we do are the coaching we do hypnosis we do meditation we do what else do we do well we've got our courses with specifically yeah. pathways to mastery which um you you are a facilitator of yeah, the transformational um, the transformational journey over transformational what ends up being almost a year really. it's a 44 week transformational journey and it really is a transformational journey um, of, yeah, which is your masterpiece. I think I can say that having been through it and now being a facilitator, it is really a masterpiece. <laughs> it feels like it was my thesis. <laughs> but it's a it's a it's amazing <coughs> because it's a, the beautiful thing about that course is that it is um it's a journey into yourself, uh, a guided journey into yourself. And what I have found, what I have found is that it is every, everybody does it differently. Everybody has a different experience. Everybody gets from it what they need to get from it. You know, some will, you know, because it's a 44, 44 week, 44 module course, the way it works is that, you know, you each week you get a module and you go into it and you some of you know some of us will know certain areas of it it will be familiar so one can sort of glide through those and refresh and then you'll come across something which is completely un, unexplored for you which is a language you don't speak which is which are, uh is it an access that you've never even considered and you guide us through that the you know the, the course guides you to 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 get to those places that you that you haven't been before in ways that you haven't been there before, and it's interesting because the the the, the interest one of the most interesting parts of the journey is that you you're never quite sure what's coming next. You don't need to know what the process is. You just need to trust the process. Exactly. And you know, I remember when I did it with you, and you, I would say, but I don't under you know I don't understand this. And you would explain that moment, that particular module, and you would say, you don't need to understand. You will understand later. 
Mm. And in fact, that's a little bit like with, with, it's a bit like with children, you know, when, when you explain to kids why things are the way they are and they don't understand because they don't have the big picture. And you say, you just got to trust me. You just got to just get this piece and then it'll all become clear. And it's a bit like that because it is a transformational journey. You come out the other end with an understanding of yourself and your place in the world um, and the tools to to approach that, which you don't you don't have before. So it, it, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful course. I also think it's, you know, I, I think we're so conditioned to know what the, the end point looks like. You know, we're so conditioned to know or to to hope to know what it is that we're doing and, and why we're doing it. And and actually life isn't like that. We cannot predict how life will unfold. I mean, it doesn't many, it doesn't matter how many psychics you see or how many readings you have or how much insight you can get about your future, how it unfolds can never ever really be, 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 be shown to you because it is a journey that you need to, to experience and an, a journey that you need to just go on. And I, I do often, there've been people on the course who have struggled with that because it's, they want to know what is the purpose? What is the point? Where am I getting to? What am I going to get out of this? What is the outcome? And it's difficult to, to, to put those outcomes into um, <clears throat> any, into any kind of, sentence really because for every single person the outcome is completely different because what you get out of the journey what you need versus you will learn this or you will learn how to do that you will learn about yourself Um, and the beautiful part of it is it's a never-ending journey because once you've completed it you just step straight back into it and you start again and you just go deeper and deeper and deeper into the levels of yourself um you know, and that is what life is. We do just continue to move into a deeper understanding of ourselves, into a deeper place of healing of ourselves, into a deeper place of awareness of ourselves. Um, and that's the purpose of life. The more we do that, the more comfortable we become with the unknown, the more comfortable we, we become with who we are and our place in the world, um, the more comfortable we become with the past and everything that happened. And the more comfortable we become with not knowing the future. And we do just allow, step into that beautiful space of just allowing everything to unfold exactly as it's meant to be. Um, yeah, so, so it's certainly something that I'm incredibly passionate about and, and so excited when everyone starts their, their, their journey because it's certainly for me, I observe people transforming in front of my eyes. Um, and um, one of the things I've always encouraged, as you know, is, is for, for everyone to journal their way through the process, because I do say, go back, go back to the beginning, go back to your journals, go and look at what you were thinking, go and look at what you were, what you were grappling with and see how far you've come, because we don't often do that. We don't often have the opportunity to reflect on, on, on the journey and how far we've come and the understandings that, that we've gained through the challenges that we face. Based. Well, I think that also the key one of the key words that you've used is awareness. I mean, it gives us you know the that awareness and the ability to um, to surrender control because we are. You're right. We are so we're so used to holding on and and moving through our lives in a in a way that we 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 know the outcome. 
Mm. We know that we, we act in, in such a way that we know what the outcome will be. Mm. And we can't grow that way because the growth, the growth it, it occurs outside the control. And, um, and the journaling, I mean, to touch on the journaling, I think is a, a fundamental aspect because I, th- I, the many, I mean, many people do journal, but I think the importance of journaling in our lives is, is not necessarily, um, is not necessarily that understood in, in the, because journaling isn't just about writing about it for ourselves. It's about allowing a free flow of thought and of um and of and of non-thought i mean it's really about in fact you know i i I tend to encourage people when they're journaling because you know when it's very easy to take a pen and write and think and write as if it is going to be read by somebody that's not journaling that's not journaling journaling is allowing whatever comes into your mind whatever comes into your mind it doesn't have to be good english it doesn't have to be you know exciting content it doesn't have to be it's the idea is not for it to ever be read by anybody and not even you if you don't want to it is just a way of transforming your thoughts to paper and in that process something happens something shifts and I think often when one allows oneself and just trusts I'm going to write whatever comes into my head that we we then reread it immediately after after writing it and it's like wow where did that come from I had no idea that's how I really felt and in fact journaling can be very interesting exercise which I sometimes do in my you know with with clients of mine is that I will ask them a question and I'll say write down right now what the first thing that comes to your head and once they once they let it go you know they answer things which they didn't even want to admit that they thought because it's too hard to look at and that's what the I think I think the journaling is so it's so important it's so important and I think also I mean one of the things that 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 I've I've noticed is so um vital in the pathways to mastery course is that the people who engage in it in that way um you, you know, we're, we're here as human beings to have this human experience, but part of that human experience is the healing and the growth and the evolution of our soul, our spirit, or whatever you want to term it. And um, that can be daunting because what does that even mean? You know, what does it mean to heal? What does it mean to grow? What does it mean to evolve? And we can get stuck in the details of, of how do I do that? Or we can hop from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, trying all these different things, reading all these different books. But how do we apply that, that, that in our lives? How do we bring that, that knowledge and, and apply it in our day-to-day lives? And what I found with the course is that what we do is, is it's structured in a way that you are, you are given the opportunity to explore every aspect of yourself in a very structured and held space. Mm-hmm. but through that structured and held space rather than tapping into the knowledge that you have gained from external sources you start tapping into the wisdom that you carry through your soul through your life experiences and and bring that out which can be so incredibly profound and and helpful moving forward because then you do face things that perhaps you haven't known are sitting there or things that that 
have been difficult to admit or, or you're ashamed of or you don't know how to change so you don't really want to go there. But through this process, you've got given that opportunity to really look at look at things and um, decide on the changes that you need to make and the transformation that needs to, to, to come about. Yeah, which, exactly. Which is because it is about knowing yourself. It is a, it is that the 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 course is about really knowing who you are. And most of us think we know who we are until we really start digging. We know we look in the bits that we want to look at and we shut the door on the bits we don't want to look at. Not because necessarily they're bad, just because maybe they are, they're scary because maybe we have a, you know, maybe we're not living according to our, our, our values. Maybe we're not fulfilling our dreams. Maybe we have dreams that we put in a cupboard that we, we don't think that we deserve or we don't think we can achieve. And we've accepted that that's not going to be part of our life. And by actually really digging and getting to know who we are, we have to take them out and look at them. And then we have to realize, well, actually, you can have, you can have your dream, but you have to have the courage to pursue it. And that is what it happens. Exactly. Exactly. You have you have to make the changes necessary in your life to bring that about, and that can be very daunting because you know all change has a consequence. You know because we don't live as islands. So as we change, the people around us are affected by those changes, and that's one of the hardest hardest parts. That's one of one of the reasons why people resist change. It's not even. It, it's not only how difficult it is within oneself to change it's the consequences of our change and it's the fact that the reactions we get reactions from the people around us and if we change it means that people's perception of us changes it means that our relationship to people changes it means that people's expectations are often disappointed and we have to take that on and that you know that's why it's the domino effect that is so it, it is so challenging for people to to overcome. And I think that's also why where the facilitation is so important. You know that you don't do this course on your own. That there is someone with you through the journey, because when you get to that point of 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 panic or fear or crisis, there's someone who can hold you through that and get you get you through it and onto the other side. Because on the other side are often the answers that you need. And one of the things that I'm, I, I do quietly chuckle about is that a lot of people suddenly realize things about themselves or things or choices that they've made in their lives. And they say, right, that's it. I'm not doing that anymore. And they, they are now about to launch themselves into making all these massive changes in their lives. And I have to say, just hang on, get to the end of the journey before you implement a lot of those changes, because you, you know, you're just dealing with one aspect of yourself, whether that's the emotional aspect or the physical aspect or the mental aspect, but there's wisdom to be gained in, in other parts. And when you bring those other parts together, then the change looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had people who want to leave their marriages as a result of, of starting the course. And of course, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just, you know, wait, you, you know, that might not be at the end, that may not be the thing that you decide to do, because you recognize, um, I mean, in fact, there's a, there's a one, one person's coming to mind, and at the beginning of the course, when she started, she said, that's it, I can't do this marriage anymore, I'm out, and I, and by the time we got to the end of the course, she recognized the part that she had played 
in the collapse of her marriage. And she was able to have a very honest and open conversation with her husband where they were able to talk honestly for the first time in probably 20 years. Mm -hmm. And they were able to unpack things and instead of blaming each other, take responsibility for them and then decide what they were going to do to make the changes needed to continue their marriage rather than bail, which I just thought was so incredibly powerful because she launched in there going, I'm, I'm out and came full circle to actually, we can make this work. Um, and not, not for any other reason than recognizing that there was still value in this relationship and there was still love in this relationship, which, um, yeah, was, was really beautiful. Well, because she was reacting to the realization that it was that 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 it that she was living she was living something not a, not necessarily not a lie but she was living a, a, a situation it's which was yeah yeah, you so, know, yeah. living living a, a, a part that wasn't actually right. fully her because she perceived that this is what her husband wanted or needed and actually right. that happened so that was her reaction so and I think a lot of people. Um, one has a tendency to do that is that we, you know, we see that, oh, you know, you have a moment of clarity and it's like, that's it. That's it. I'm going to react. Now, that's where we come from a place of reaction and not, and not response. It's reaction. And, um, and so rather than then see, as you say, where, where she, where she was responsible for that and how then the changes in her enabled her to communicate with her husband in such a way that they could then bring it together. Exactly. Which is, which is, which is the real transformation. Mm, yeah. It's not about turning your life upside down necessarily. Yeah. It's about turning yourself, coming at things from a different perspective and, and being able to, to, relate to them differently and as a result and we all know that the moment you relate differently the moment you change everything around you changes you don't have to come in with a wrecking ball exactly <laughs> and I think that's what people get so frightened of when they hear the words transformational change is that because they do think oh my god you know everything is going to be thrown out and I'm going to be left in this space with with nothing that is familiar and that's not necessarily the truth a lot of the transformation is removing the layers that block who we truly are or the expression of ourselves in the world um, and and finding a way to be comfortable with ourselves because there's so much self-criticism and self-judgment and shame around who we are truly that because we've listened to the external we've been told this is who we need to be this is how we need to behave these are the the, the life choices that are important and and then they may not truly be that for us but we haven't been given the opportunity to explore actually who am I and does this meet meet me and does this match who I am um, and if it doesn't, what are the subtle changes that I can make so that it does? And sometimes it's just a realization of this is my perception. If I change my perception, everything changes. Mm -hmm. But nothing tangible changes. It's just your perception. Suddenly you see things in, in a different way. You see the world in a different way. And it's, it's, it's really, it can be as simple as that. It is, as, I think it is as simple as that. It is as simple as the fact that it comes, what we lose sight of is that it all comes from us. We only have 
we can only be ourselves. We can only live our life from, it's all from here. And often we, uh, we, we simply react. We react to every, everything around us and our situa the situations around us. And we become, we become we, we, we're at the mercy of what is going on around us. And so we feel that we, that's, our life is not coming from us, that our life is made up of a series of different, different people, different situations, and that that is what our life is. But it's not. It's actually all coming from here. And if we can bring it all back into, into here, into ourselves and understand that we are responsible. We can only be responsible for what, for what we put out. And, but what we put out is what we will get back. Exactly. And it may not necessarily be what we expect and it may not necessarily be what we want, but we can only be responsible for our place in the world. So if, so if I know that I, I want and I want to live in a certain way, and I want to live according to my, my values, my goals, my dreams, and there are certain things, certain, certain values that I, I choose to live by. As long as I am secure in managing my side of the street and in what I put across, then the rest is really... It's, it's beyond my control. I think that's also what people have a lot of difficulty with is that you have to let go of what, you know, you can't control the response. You can only come from a place of truth and of integrity. And, um, and, of, and that's where self-knowledge is important. Because if you're sure about your own boundaries and you're sure about what is important to you and you're sure about how you want to show up in the world, that's all you need to do. That's all you just need to put one foot in front of the other and go into the world from that place and the rest will come mm -hmm. things that you that that enrich your life will come the people that are negative in your life will go away because that's all part of how you show up in the world it's about creating your boundaries it's about um it's about being clear in your communication which one can do from a place of of peace and of stillness it doesn't have to be a reaction. It can be from a place of stillness. And that other person will have their own reaction. If they don't like it, they'll go away. Exactly, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, and it's very subtle. It's very subtle. And it's, it's definitely worthy of, 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 a bigger, of a bigger platform or a longer conversation. But um, because it is so subtle, because it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's very simple, but it's quite hard to implement mm. because we do get so caught up in the emotions. And because our sense of self is often so tied to other people's validation, mm. we, get, we get tied up, tied up and knotted up in, in what other people, we often give them what they want, which isn't necessarily what we want. You know, if you look at within within a marriage, you know, often one is trying to be something because somewhere along the line we we were told or we we acquired the belief from somewhere that we are supposed to be in a certain way in order to make someone happy, that we are supposed to do ABC, that this is supposed to be our role, whatever that may be. And 
we it, we learn it so early on that we believe we we believe it's our our own belief, whereas actually it's not. So often we're living a completely non-authentic reality. In the in the belief that that is who what we want, until we detach ourselves from the fear of disappointing the other person. Well, it's interesting because I I actually had a conversation this week with a seven year old who told me that she's having a really tough time at school um, and she finds it really difficult to say no. So when she doesn't want to do something that, the, that, that, that her friends want to do, she struggles to tell them that she, she doesn't want to do it or to say no. And I said, well, you know, why, why are you struggling to say no? And she said, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. And I said, okay, so why... Why do you, do you think that it is your job to make everyone happy? And she said, yes. So I was a little horrified at that response because of course it's not our responsibility to make anyone happy. It is, everyone it is, it is each our individual responsibility to make ourselves happy. And <clears throat> what I realized in talking to her is that a lot of the information that is fed to kids and obviously we've been fed this as well as adults, um, is this need to, to make sure that everyone's okay, to make sure that everyone's happy, to always be focusing on the positive, when life isn't actually like that. You know, we have challenges. And if we look at it from a soul perspective, we're all here living up karma. There's going to be things that we don't like, people that we don't like, people that we have conflict with. It's part of the journey. It's supposed to be part of our growth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, so one of the things that I, I, I kind of unpacked with this, with this child was there's a way of being able to say, I, uh, sorry, let me take it a step back. I said to her, what is the problem with, with saying no? And she said, it's unkind. So I said, okay, so let's find a way to say no while being kind because we don't have to be nasty to say no. We don't have to be nasty when we put a boundary in place. Of course, I didn't use that word with her. But, um, and, and she said, well, how do you say no without being horrible? And I said, well, you say no, thank you. It's as simple as that. You add the thank you, that's the kindness. The no is the firm boundary. Mm -hmm. And anyway, we'll have a, I'll have a conversation with her <clears throat> at another point and, and ask her how that's going. But it was just fascinating to see how influenced she was by this, this belief and this perception that we are here to make others happy when we're not. Well, but also because we're not taught, I mean, certainly our generation was not taught um, about, our, about the importance of our own boundaries. We're taught, and even today, we're taught kids, you see, you know, you see um, in, the, in the playground and in schools, and in, in play groups, um, parents and caregivers are uh, teaching kids about other people's boundaries. They're saying, you know, whole, that whole concept of space, space, space. But they're not teaching kids from the very beginning what a boundary feels like, what it's there for. And boundaries are very, boundaries are energetic. I mean, that's, you know, and, and we're not taught that either. Um, because everybody's boundaries are different and people so if we can teach children that about you know first of all if something feels uncomfortable 
that's a sign of a boundary. You know, it's a little bit like if someone comes too close and they stand on your toes, that's a very tangible, a tangible example of, of coming too close, right? It hurts me because you stood on my toes. But if somebody, you know, we take the example of saying no, um, if you, if you, it's all about communication. It's all about, you know, being able to say, okay, why am I saying no? And explaining, saying, you know, I'm, no, I'm afraid I don't want to do that because da, 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 da. Because people respond to understanding. If they understand, no feelings aren't going to be hurt. Somebody might be disappointed because they wanted, in the case of a child, I want to go and play with my friend. My friend doesn't want to come, come and play with me. But there's a reason. And, you know, it's never, I don't want to play with you because I don't like you. It may be, I don't want to play with you because when I play with you, you're mean to me. And that makes me feel sad. And even then, you've just, you've just changed the conversation. Just changed. At that point, you're putting the responsibility on the other person. And they understand what it is, why it is you're saying no. Because hurt feelings usually come from not understanding. Because you have, you know, your feelings are hurt because you have no way of responding and no way of fixing it because you don't understand. Whereas if you give someone the information, then they have a chance to either, you know, remedy it or at least to have a conversation or to understand. And then from that understanding, be able to make a different choice. You know, they can choose, oh, well, okay, well, I'm not going to be mean to you anymore. And I'm sorry, I didn't know, I could, you know, I didn't realize I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I think it's also the need for understanding. And, and, and this is where communication is so vital. Because I think in a lot of relationships, there's not enough communication. You know, we, we expect the other people to, to know what's going on in our head via osmosis or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because we don't, we don't talk about why we're feeling the way that we're feeling or why we're reacting the way that we're reacting. And I've always been aware of, of uh, in my own life, of, of having grown up with, with an abusive mother. Um, you know, a lot of my reactions to challenge or to difficulties or to stress were, were not necessarily good reactions in the sense that, that I get to a point where there was just this explosion of, of, of stuff because I'd held it all together for so long. And, and you know, they get, there comes that breaking point where you can't. And I remember being very conscious with my children of always being going to them and explaining and apologizing, you know, and, and explaining why I exploded, explaining why I reacted the way that I did so that they understood that actually it had nothing to do with them, that it was my stuff. And it was incredible um, much later on when I think my eldest daughter was about 16 and I remember I was going, I can't remember what I was going through, but it wasn't a very good, good time and I wasn't feeling good about, about myself and I was feeling challenged by a lot of the different things. And when I, when I go into that, sp- into that space, I, I do kind of feel like the world's against me and I do feel like I'm all alone and I feel like no one understands and I've always got to fix it and I've always got to make it right. And it's, it's a horrible space to go in and, and, and a very isolated space. And I remember my daughter, who was only 16 at the time, walked up to me, grabbed me by the shoulders, said, mom, look at me. 
I love you. You are not alone. You are not doing this alone. We are here. We will help you. Just tell us what you need. And that snapped me right out of that space. And, and I don't know if I ever went back there. But with I sat her down and I said, you know, explain to me what, you know, how did you get to that place? And she said, well, you've been telling me your whole my whole life why you react the way that you react. And she said, I realized you'd gone back into that horrible space and you needed to be snapped out of it. So I just snapped you out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, that can be the power of just communicating. Absolutely. Um, what is happening and what's going on inside. But by, and, I mean, absolutely. And by communicating to our kids from a very, from a very young age, they, they, they absorb the knowledge, they, they get the knowledge and they understand, then they see us in our true, then they see us in our true light and they also see where we end and they begin, right? And we give them, so, you know, she, she responded like that because you've taught her, that's how you've taught her, which means she can see when it's not about her. Mm, Yes, exactly. She can see when it's not about her and she's able to then put you in front of it and say, this isn't about, it, it empowers her to have a voice. She doesn't just have to hide because mum's, you know, on a rampage because she's upset, you know, about all sorts of other things, which is what happens to me. I get, you know, I had a similar experience with my own daughter who, you know, who's, who's 15 and I was getting all upset and I was, and I snapped at her and she just looked at me and she said, okay, mum, we know that you're not upset because of what I've done. So what is it? What's going on? <laughs> and it was rather like you. It's like, oh, my God. And, you know, and and also because of our ways of mothering at this point, because of where we've come from ourselves, we have the humility to be vulnerable in front of our children, which is also an incredibly, incredibly important thing. Because if we don't show them that we are vulnerable, how are they going to learn to be vulnerable? How are they going to do that? So we have to show, we have to show our weakness, we have to show our humility, we have to show, we have to say we're sorry. Mm. We have to, you know, and and they teach us because we have taught them. (laughs) And so as we have taught them, they in turn can teach us. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And that also smashes completely this idea of the fact that the parents are supposed to be always in the right. And that goes on, you know, in, in, in certain situations, certainly the older generations and even, even the younger ones, you know, there's still this idea that the parent is, is, the, is the authority. Mm. Come what may, doesn't matter if they're wrong, they're the authority. You know, that whole that 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 phrase that I'm sure you might have heard um, of that many of us grew up with. How dare you? How dare you talk to me like that? Yes. Heard that plenty. And if you just think of what that, you know, that is that those words, if you actually just take those words for what they are, how how can you have the courage to sit to speak to me and to challenge my authority? you know, which you knock out a child in a, you know, unless you've already taught them to have the courage to stand up to you, mm-hmm. which is doubtful exactly. if that's the way you brought them up. Yeah, <laughs> if those are the, the words that are coming at you, very doubtful that exactly. you talked. Whereas by, by giving them a voice and make, because children know everything, children know everything anyway. So if we can give them a voice of, of being able to tell us what they see, tell us what they feel, 
and know that we are prepared to listen to them because they can observe us the way that we observe them. They don't have the knowledge that we have. They don't have the experience we have, but they can certainly, they certainly, that, that you know, they start by building it, you know, with every year they're building their experience. And if we talk to them about their experiences in the same way we talk to each other, we can actually help their wisdom grow much faster. But we have to give them that space, which doesn't mean that there are no boundaries. It does not mean that there is no respect. It does not mean that you do not establish the fact that I am the parent, you are the child. There are going to be moments when what I say goes simply because I say it, because in that moment, I don't have the time, I don't have the space, and, I, and I'm not prepared to negotiate. But that's also a question of setting boundaries, setting the rules. There's a lot to unpack here. There is so much. We could go on for hours and hours yeah. and hours. So we won't bore everybody. about these, these boundaries, the boundary issues. And I, I think that, you know, one of the things that, that um, both you and I do in, in our different, uh, in, in, in our individual sessions when we're working with clients is look at these very key things that have formed a lot of how we are in the world and, and, and whether we have those boundaries or we don't have those boundaries and to understand boundaries, you know, I think that there's, there's a real misunderstanding about boundaries. Firstly, people don't understand that they start energetically and they start from within you. It's not something that you lay out in front of you and say, there's the wall, there's the barrier, this is the line, don't you dare cross it. We've got to understand firstly why we want to put those boundaries in place. You know, why do we want to draw that line? What is what is that? Um, because sometimes we can draw that line and it's not an appropriate line, um, but we're putting it there because there's a wounding in within, within us that needs to be looked at. And and you know, this is I think that you know tying back to those those sessions that um, where the coaching can be so helpful is to unpack where does, you know, where do our boundaries lie? Do we even have any boundaries? What do boundaries feel like? What do they look like? How do I implement them? When do I know that I even need a boundary? I mean, these are things that, that I had to figure out in my life because I grew up with no boundaries. I mean, they, they just weren't any. Um, and it, it can be hard to determine that because as an adult to determine what boundaries feel like when, when they've, they the, they've been broken over and over and over again. And I think that you brought up a key point there is it's about feeling. You know, if there's an uncomfortable feeling, you know a boundary's being crossed or a boundary's being pushed. But we need to be able to go into that space of reflecting on what is that uncomfortable feeling and why am I feeling uncomfortable and why is that boundary necessary? Um, because self-awareness is so key in navigating so many things not just parenting but relationships and work and finding the balance of of of, of all things in life um if we have no self-awareness then we don't really understand it we kind of just get flung from one thing to the next thing from one crisis to the next crisis trying to find our feet yeah, no, the self-awareness the self -awareness part is extremely, is, is, is fundamental. It's the, it's the fundamental basis. And it's often the thing that is, is the hardest to crack because self-awareness also requires us to be honest with ourselves and to look at, take a long, hard look in the mirror. And that, you know, that's where we touch on the fear of, of, of acknowledging 
our weaknesses, acknowledging our mistakes, acknowledging our responsibility, um, or or our or our lack of taking responsibility, and so the one of the first things is to get over that fear, is to understand that that's just part of being 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 human. It's just part of being human, and it's okay to to have to. It's okay to look at oneself and say. Oh, you know that wasn't very nice. I mean, that's where the, the self awareness comes in, is is the ability to actually rather than have someone, you know, like your child say, "Mum, that wasn't very nice. Why are you doing that?" To be able to do it to yourself and and watch yourself as you as you interact in the world, and you you it's about be, being a conscious observer. You literally have to remove yourself and see yourself from from slightly from from behind yourself, and observe when you do things that are that are um, in line with your with your your values and your code, and when they're not, and when they're not, why? What happened in that moment that made you go off? Made you react? Made you made you shut down? What triggered fear? What you know, or as far as boundaries are concerned, what is it that stops you putting up a boundary towards someone? What is it that you're afraid of that you're prepared to let yourself be invaded? And it's all about, you know, and as we look at that, and it is energetic, it's about getting in tune too with what it feels like, because it all comes with a feeling. I mean, when we respond, it's to feelings. And so if we can just get in tune with what that actually feels like, it's actually not very difficult. And um, and that's where I use hypnosis quite a lot because hypnosis helps with that too because it just gets it gets it's like the conscious mind is a curtain and you just pull away that push that away and then you can just focus on on what's going on in the rest of you and it makes you just a bit more sensitive to what's really going on and you can hear it and so and these are all tools it's just about a toolbox it's really no more than that it's about we we help people put together their toolbox and then they have a toolbox with which they can go into the world and when they you know when they have a flat tire they get out and they have the right tool if you don't have the the jack to hoik up the car you can't change the you can't change the tire you know and i think it's also important just to go back at you know when we're unpacking all of these things and when we're looking at ourselves and and the choices that we have made and perhaps the mistakes that we've made and the things that we could have done differently is to do it from a place of compassion, not a place of judgment. Absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, that's an incredibly important space to clarify because I think that we're so hard on ourselves anyway. There's so much self-judgment that goes on. There's so much shaming, inner shaming that happens. And, you know, that's not the space that we want people to go into. We want people to go into the space of looking at themselves compassionately, because if we look back in our lives at every point, at every choice, at every moment, we are doing the best that we can with the knowledge and the information that we have at that, in that moment. We cannot do it differently. In hindsight, hindsight is always a beautiful thing in hindsight we can look back and we say well I had that option I could have done it differently and I could have done this and I no you couldn't because you didn't have the information that you have now you didn't have the information the insights that you have now you didn't have the understanding of the consequences that you have now mm -hmm. so we can we, we've got to look back at ourselves compassionately and be able to say well I did the best that I could 
Absolutely. Even if that base created more turmoil or crisis or difficulty or challenge for me, it was still the only thing that I knew to do in that moment. Yeah, and I think that the compassion, the compassionate side is, is, um, is fundamental. And if we think that when we look at ourselves, you know, because we are so hard on ourselves, but if we learn to look at ourselves and what we have done and the mistakes we've made with the same compassion and in the same way as we would, we would look at it if it was one of our closest friends. If it was one of our closest friends who came to us and said, I've done this and I've done that and I've done that, A and B and C, we would help them find a way to understand why they'd done it, to, to, to unwrap it, to forgive, to forgive themselves and to, underst to understand the, the aspects and to be kind with themselves. But we don't offer that to ourselves. So we have to start learning to treat ourselves as if we were our best friend. Thank you which is so, it's so obvious, and yet none of us do it. None of us do it. The first thing we do is, you know, God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> and I've, I, mean, I started an exercise with myself at a certain point where, because I, you know, I talk to myself out loud and, um, and I, would, and I, could, I would, could hear myself berating myself. And one day I said, I, I realized, you know, would I say that? To anyone else would I actually if would I tell someone that they were completely stupid and what an idiot and that they were looking hideous and you know would I would I insult them the way I insult myself and I learned that that became an awareness point for me is don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to someone else so now when it slips and when I slip and I say god you were so stupid I think stop stop you wouldn't say that to someone else and it's amazing how slowly, slowly, slowly that changes the way in which you then look at yourself. Because if you're constantly telling yourself, giving yourself bad messages, you believe it. You're just compounding what you know, reinforcing what the, the, the negative beliefs rather than. And it's not about being all sort of self-love. I love myself, aren't I beautiful? No, aren't I no, that's and not staring you know, at yourself yeah. in the mirror. I, mean, I can't, yeah, I can't, come, I can't <laughs> come to it from that place. But the self-love is about compassion. That is what it is about. It is about, it is about giving yourself the, the, the kindness that you would offer to someone else. That's what self-love is. It's got nothing to do with, with conceit or or believing you're marvelous or, and I think that's where that line of self-love gets, gets misunderstood because it, it's not, it, it, it's not. And especially for the, the, you know, the Anglo-Saxons amongst us, it sort of goes against every grain we have, but it, the fact is that that self-love is self-compassion exactly. and it's self-kindness. And if we can just start with that, which will change the whole way we, 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 because if we love ourselves, we're going to be kinder to other people. And I think it's also important to, to, to recognize that, you know, in order to start this, to just become aware of the words that you use and, and how you speak, not even just to yourself, but, but to everyone else as well. I mean, one of the things that I always find fascinating is, is the words that people use in conversation. You know, you'll, you, you, how many times do you sit at a, at a dinner table and people say, oh, I'm starving. You're not starving. <laughs> you're not starving. You may be hungry, but you're not starving. Or this is killing me. 
no, it's not killing you. It's, you know. Yeah. And, and when we start to recognize all these terms that we use and, and actually how damaging they are on, a, on an unconscious level, we can start to recognize how we are not being compassionate with ourselves and therefore not compassionate with others or not being kind to ourselves and not being kind to others. Um, and it is as simply as watching, you know, observing how we speak, watching the words that are coming out of our mouths. Yeah, because it's energy. It's all energy. It's all energy. And we absorb it and we take it on and we become. Exactly. All right. Well, we've come to the end of our, our, our time together today. So thank you again for joining me. It's always so exciting because I never know where our conversation is go or what, what topics we're going to cover, which is wonderful. Um, and it just means that it is raw and authentic and real. Um, and that's what we want to, what we want to be presenting. Well, that's who we are. And that's how, you know, we are, we are the people we speak to. Exactly. So I look forward to doing this soon with you again. And thank you to all those who have um, listened, taken the time to listen. And we will chat soon. Okay. Take care. Cheers.